Hey guys, Kyle Porter here. Carson and I taped a, a video on Sunday, kind of a post-game recap. We waited until Sunday, mostly because Carson was busy on Saturday night, but also because we wanted to kind of take a day to reflect on the Kansas State game. And uh, because we're only doing one uh, podcast this week, which will be coming out on Tuesday, we obviously won't be doing a Thursday uh, Thanksgiving podcast. But since we're only doing one podcast, uh, we decided to turn this one into, into a podcast. The audio is not great because uh, we were taping the, you know, doing the Facebook Live and Periscope thing. So we didn't have our good microphones, but I, I, I think it still resulted in a pretty interesting conversation, not only about the Kansas State game, but just about the season and, and kind of where Oklahoma State uh, goes from here. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we will talk to you later on in the week. Okay, we are... We are live. There we are. What's up, dude? How's it going, Carson? We're live on Facebook, live on Periscope. If you're on Periscope, um, you can't see Carson, but you should be able to hear him. If you're, if you're on Facebook, you should be able to see and hear uh, both of us. Uh, nice Yeti. Not, nice Yeti you got there. I know I need to get I need to get my PFB logo. What are you on. drinking in there? Is that is that uh, hard liquor or what? No, that was that was last night. <laughs> is that coop? No, I just got coffee. Okay. Hobo, it's late. Shout it's out late Hobo. for coffee, so you must be really be struggling. I am struggling. I I was up too late last night, and then we had to get up early. Uh, kids, church. Breaking down Gundy's press conference. Uh, not a good day in Stillwater yesterday. You were there. Yep. Uh, just what what was the uh, the vibe on TV was bizarre. Like there wasn't a game that week, or it was it was so strange to consume on TV. What was it like being there? What what was the vibe like in Stillwater? Well, it was a total reversal from Bedlam. You know, when when I got to Bedlam, like the the tailgating scene, which you know, I go up to the top level of the stadium, and you can see for for miles, literally, uh, throughout the entire campus, and it was just wall to wall people for Bedlam, and just total reversal yeah. for Kansas State. Obviously, it's Kansas State. Most fans have had probably given up hope at that point that they're Big Twelve championship game, but it was. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't just like Zombieville. I mean, it was a home game. There was, you know, the crowd was late arriving and it wasn't full. But the the weird vibe came when OSU just didn't show up to play. And look, I I understand they realized they weren't going to play for a Big Twelve championship in all likelihood. Now. You can say that, but I mean, has has there been crazier upsets than Baylor over TCU in the history of college football? Sure, there has. So there's no excuse for Baylor. Baylor might have a better chance. Baylor almost gave OU. Yeah, Baylor gave OU a shot, and they don't have Taddy Ice at quarterback. Like the fact that OSU fans rested their hopes on Taddy Ice was just doomed to fail from the start. He's terrible. Or that nickname. That nickname has gone. Under the radar, it's it's an incredible. Shouts, Did you come up? With shouts that? to Jake Trotter. He he is the first person to start calling him Taddy Ice, and it's just the greatest nickname of all time. But it's so but good. As, as far as the game, Kyle, like obviously when Kansas State got up and at halftime the crowd kind of dispersed and just and and I'm never one to tell the crowd what to do. When I was in college, was Gundy's first few years when they were getting their their heads beat in, I was going to dirties. Like, I, I'm out. Like, I, 
I'm not here to watch bad football. So I'm not here to <laughs> as far as leaving the crowd. But my big takeaway, Kyle, just from the season in general, is we thought this team was playoff good. We thought they were 2011 good. Mm-hmm. They have the second yeah. best offense in the country. Their defense and their special teams is not even Big 12 good. Forget about the playoff. Like, forget about that. Their defense is horrible. Their special teams are the worst in the country. So if we thought this team was going to compete for a playoff spot, we were wrong. And the fact they lost three home games, they, Kyle, they were favored in every game this year. Every game. They lost three. Three at home. There's no other way to paint this other than a huge failure. There's just no other way to paint it. So, And to get lit, again, by Kansas State is just an embarrassment. They showed no pride, no heart, no will, and they got embarrassed, rightfully so. And that, if you show up with no heart, no heart, no pride against Bill Snyder, he's going to embarrass you, and that's what happened. Uh, I think to start the special teams – I don't know why we didn't see the special teams thing biting. We we said all year it's gonna it's gonna come back to bite them. I don't know why we didn't we did. see it biting them I, in the Kansas State game. I did. I said every kickoff looks like it could turn for you a did. touchdown, and it did. I I will never pick Oklahoma State to blow out Kansas State again. <laughs> I said Kansas State. Kansas State could have they could be playing media members and like not even eleven of them, and I would pick it to be a close game. Yeah, like it was foolish for us to pick a blowout because they've never beaten Kansas by more than like seven. And again, and this is where you and I disagree. I guess you're you're sticking up for Glenn Spencer that they have like the. Whoa! Don't don't put words in my mouth. Do we want to rehash what you said? You called it a lazy take by me to say their defense stinks. It's horrible. I think that. I think their defense has had bad games this year, really bad games. TCU, awful. Iowa State, awful. Uh, OU, not very good. But I don't, not I don't very necessarily good. think that. Not very good. 62. Baker Mayfield's amazing. They don't score 62 every week. They gave up, Kyle, <laughs> in November, they gave up 49, 45, and 62. That's when the games matter the most. They're terrible on defense. They're horrible. They have had bad games. I don't think they are generally terrible because they've also won games. They've won games. Texas? Te- guess who won that game? Texas's offense makes Bill Snyder look like Mike Leach's Texas Tech. Texas's offense is horrible. Well, that's fine. But who won that game? The offense or the defense? Well, the defense, thanks to Sam Ellinger losing okay. his mind completely. Maybe literally. Uh, Here's the- West Virginia. Here's the deal. West Virginia. Let's go in on Glenn Spencer because everyone wants to hear about this. I like Glenn Spencer. I love his warrior poems. I I love everything he says. He's a great. He's a great motivator. It seems. Here's the deal. He's been a defense coordinator for five years. They've put extra scholarships into the defense to get better on defense, and I think you've seen that. I think they have talent on defense. They're going to have guys drafted on the defensive line. The defense has not gotten better in five years. It started off great in 2013, best defense they've probably ever had. But we've yeah. seen no progress. These are guys he's recruited. The ta- there's a, and, and when I look at TCU's defense, do I see, like, night and day better talent than OSU? Absolutely not. I do not. 
So what's the difference? Obviously, they have Gary Patterson, one of the greatest defensive minds in college football. We all understand that. But the talent disparity is not there. I even look at Texas. Granted, Texas recruits a higher level of athlete generally. Do they have, do they have just overwhelmingly better defensive talent than Oklahoma State? I say no. I don't think so. And even if they do have better talent, there's no excuse to get roasted by a third-string quarterback from Kansas State, a fourth-string quarterback from Iowa State, and have guys just running wide open. That's a schematic. That's an organizational problem that falls at the feet of Glenn Spencer. That's terrible. And I was asked, I was asked, you know, what, what's going to happen moving forward? This is no different than, to me than an offensive coordinator scoring zero points. And what happened? Mike Gundy got shut out as the offensive coordinator in Bedlam. What happened? His hand was forced. He went out and got the top offensive coordinator in the country, Dana Holgerson. Totally revitalized the entire program. Totally revitalized their offensive identity. It is time for OSU to go outside their world, their little bubble in Stillwater. I don't want you to hire Joe Bob Clements. He's a great defensive line coach. You have to go out of the Gundy tree and go hire the top defensive coordinator money can buy and totally change who you are on defense. This notion that we're going to plug in just another assistant coach that's already on staff and that's going to change things, it's not working. Their talent is there to play better defense. And you're not even asking them to play top five defense in the country like TCU. You're asking them to not give up over 40 in the three biggest games of the year. So I, I put this to you. Are you keeping Glenn Spencer as a defensive coordinator? Uh, probably not, but I don't think it's as obvious as everyone thinks it is. I, I, I think my point earlier is you give up, first of all, you don't give up 45 to Kansas State, you give up 38, your kickoff, your kick coverage, you get, whoever the grad assistant is, that, or Gundy, whoever's running special teams gave up a kick return. You gave up 38. Um, and you gave it up over a, you faced a lot of possessions on Saturday. You faced 15 possessions defensively. So that's two and a half points per drive. You give up two and a half points per drive to anybody in the country, your offense should be good enough to win the game. That, that's my point in, in, in specifically the Kansas State game. Now, I think, I think there have been games throughout the year, Iowa State um, primarily. Iowa State, and, and, and this is what happens. When Oklahoma State wins, we're like, oh, well, the defense did enough. Well, they were awful against Iowa State. They were terrible. They were awful against TCU and and we we sort of for whatever reason we only look at them poorly whenever they lose OU and and Kansas State I I just think we don't properly evaluate the way that they play because we look at everything through the lens of these wins and losses so yes I I think that that Glenn Spencer's job needs to be evaluated I think that and I and I think this this sort of thing happens with um, coordinators is Sometimes you just need to change for the sake of change, right? Like sometimes that's a thing that needs to happen. I'm with you. I like Glenn Spencer. I, I think that he's done a, be- a much better job than people realize or understand over the last five years. Same thing with Mike Yersich. But to your point, like, and I was just looking at this, the last three years, Carson, the last three years, first 10 games of the season, Oklahoma State's 26-4. and four. In the last two games of the season, so your, your, your 11th and 12th games, they're one and four pending the Kansas game on on Saturday. So they have as many losses in the last four in the last two games of the season as they do in the first ten in the last three years. And and to me that is that is 
that is people that is players getting tired. That is uh, your defense kind of falling apart at the end of the year. So it's scheduling. They face yeah. OU at the end of the year. Yeah. They face a good Baylor team at the end of the year. But I just feel like they, in general, not just the defense but the offense as well, has has just fallen off the map at the end of the season in each of the last three years. And and you're right. You said it earlier. That's disappointing. This season has to be categorized as a disappointment based on not only fan expectations, but the coaches and players didn't do a lot of, a lot to, to kind of mitigate those expectations coming into the year. They invited those expectations. And then you go out and you go nine and three in a season in which you were expected to see 10 wins as a checkpoint, not a destination, but a checkpoint. That's disappointing. Well, let me get to the offense in a second. But they gave up 44 points to TCU. TCU's offense is not good. You know how many drives they faced that day? How many? It was like it was like twelve. It was not many. Yeah, I mean, so you can cite points per drive against Kansas State. Part of it's getting down. That that it's a team game. You get down against Kansas State, it it forces your offense to do different things. Now, again, Glenn Spence has been the defensive coordinator for five years. Are they better than when he took over? Absolutely not. So. It's no different than a coordinator getting shut out. They gave up 40 in the month of November, every single game. So that being said, my biggest problem with the offense, and again, I'm not here to fire Mike Yersich. They have the second best offense in the country. He recruited Mason Rudolph. People just neglect that fact. Like Mason Rudolph just showed up on a magic carpet and just Mike Yersich was lucky to have him. He, he went out and recruited him, got him out. My, my, my favorite my favorite take is when people say, oh, well, so-and-so is just, they're carried by their talent. Yeah, no kidding. Every coordinator in the country is carried by their talent. That's why you recruit good players. That being said, they have the second best offense. He recruited quarterback. He recruited Spencer Sanders, who people think is the second coming. My big thing is how much of this, it's it just, it's so frustrating. OSU does not run their offense until they're down. There's a reason they have the most comebacks in college football is because they don't run their offense until, oh, crap, we have to go score. Let's, let's open it up. They don't run that until they're down. We saw it against Kansas State this week. We saw it against Iowa State when they got down. And to me, that's a Mike Gundy thing. What happened in Bedlam? They went all out. Aerial attack, spread offense, receivers everywhere. And what did Gundy say after the game? He said, oh, well, Yersich was calling great plays. I learned to shut up. I just didn't say anything. When they go into their shells – to me, that's Mike Gundy. That's Mike Gundy shutting it down, turning into Pat Jones 2.0, just let's run the ball, be conservative, don't screw up. So for people that want to fight, fire Mike Yersich, I don't agree with that. For me, their problems are special teams and defense. It's that simple. They have the worst special teams in the country, and their defense can't stop a cold. I mean, they're, they're horrible on defense. And for you to defend Glenn Spencer and call him the third best defense in the Big 12 is absurd. You said that in the Slack. I don't agree. I mean, they have they have been. Statistically, they have been. Well, third best in the Big 12 gets you beat to the, the top teams in the league, which happens every year. And so, yeah, that's true. I'm just, so, I'm just, people think that they have the worst. They don't have the worst. They have like the third or fourth best. Well, no one's asking them to be TCU. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying they have as good a talent as TCU. I'm saying, well, it sounds, up, it sounds like we are. To OU. OU is not scoring 62 every week. We can praise Baker Mayfield all day, and I, I will. He's a great quarterback, but they're not scoring 60. Like, you can't give up 62 points. 
where guys are just running wide open, no defense at all. Just guys, just guys, the secondary is confused. There's no organization. That falls at the coach. And again, I like Glenn Spencer, but they time for OSU to invest in defense. They've invested in offense when they went brought in Dana Holgerson, and it totally re- rejuvenated Mike Gundy and company. It's time they get a, a legitimate defensive coordinator. It's no different than Clemson going and getting Brent Venables and paying him a million dollars. Totally turned their defense into one of the best in the country. Granted, they recruit high-end athletes, but OU, OSU is not going to win anything unless they play a lick of defense, and they're not playing it right now. Yeah, I, I generally agree with that. I, I don't um, – I think that – I think that – I just think that people don't don't see this thing – like. Like people think, oh, here's what here's what people think. They think Oklahoma State has the worst defense in the Big Twelve. Not true. And if they get a new defensive coordinator, they'll have the best defense in the Big Twelve. Not true. Right now, they have like the fourth or fifth best defense in the Big Twelve this year. I was saying third over the last five years, but but this year they have fourth or fifth best. And if they get a new defensive coordinator and he is fifteen percent better, they're gonna have the second or third best. And guess what? The second or third best defense with the offense that, that Oklahoma State has created should be good enough to contend for conference championships. And I agree with you. I, I think that there are individual games that you can look at over the last three or four years that you're like, wow, that was incredibly that was incredibly disappointing defensive performance. And I think that when you look at the bigger picture like I'm looking at, it it kind of it kind of skews it because who cares about the big picture if you're losing all the individual games, right? You know, and, and so I, I just I think you look back at OU this year, uh, TCU big time this year, um, OU last year even um, Baylor in in 2015 third string quarterback. Why why are you not able to stop that? You know, and so you look at these individual games and you're like, just just be better in these singular games and Oklahoma State all of a sudden is, is stacking up conference championships. But yesterday, I, I got to be honest, I feel like that game was on Mason Rudolph, on the offense. Like, they were terrible against a very mediocre Kansas State defense. And, Carson, two of the last three games, you put, you put the game in the hands of your – offense on the last drive to win the game isn't that what we want in august isn't that in august somebody says hey offense has the ball in two games in november with a chance to win it they're driving at the 50 or at the at at your own 40 is that what you want would you take that yes of course that's exactly what i want and then they didn't get it well and, and that's the deal like i tweeted in the first quarter like should mason get a heisman invite because his numbers were literally identical to mayfield's as far as yards and touchdowns that tweet did not age well. I'm still getting like replies from like bitter fans. It's hilarious. Um, Mason has been as good of a college quarterback as you can possibly be as, as a whole, as his production, as his yards, as his touchdowns, as a quarterback. The fact is he has not been good against the better competition. He has a losing record against the top 25. And what happened against Kansas State was stuff you saw from him throughout his career, missing short passes. Just this time, the short passes turned into interceptions. And I've said it all season. I've started to see why scouts do not like Mason Rudolph. 
He's flat-footed. He floats passes. He throws them way too high. That'll get you killed in the NFL. Those will be intercepted every single time. And again, I don't want to beat up on a, on a college athlete, but the fact is he didn't get it done in the biggest games of his career. It's just, it's that simple. What's his biggest win, Kyle? I think maybe the, the TCU win at home when Trayvon Boykin came to town as a top five team. He beat Texas three times. He beat an eight and four OU team his freshman year. Uh, but the fact is he has a losing record against the top 25. And um, again, you mentioned it. Balls in his hands to beat OU. Balls in his hands to beat Kansas State to keep just your semblance of a Big 12 championship alive. And Washington dropped one, but he sailed the next three. So, again, Mason's been a great college quarterback, but he didn't, you know, in those critical moments against the best teams in the league, he didn't get it done throughout his career. And that's what that's ultimately what how he's going to be remembered. Yeah, I think somebody said this. I can't remember who, but it, it, it doesn't feel like there's been a ton of um, progression in, in terms of his improvement. I'm sure there has been. Like, I'm not, I'm not um, technical enough to, like, see the little things that he's gotten better at, which I'm sure he has. But it just feels like he's sort of the same. Like, when, when I looked at Rudolph, I saw a trajectory of him, you know, his, his senior year being just – unbelievable Heisman level quarterback and he just sort of was like this and and now this was pretty good like he was at a, at a pretty high level for his entire career but it it never felt like his trajectory went up does, does that does that resonate yeah with you? I mean I, in 2015 I thought he was a surefire NFL first round pick and I thought the scouts were crazy mm-hmm. that would would bash his arm strength that would bash him in general but I think you've seen some of the warts in his game. You've seen the deficiencies in his game. And specifically, Kansas State did a really good job of exposing how he doesn't check down. He only looks for the home run, and it, once James Washington's not open, he kind of panics in the pocket a little bit, and Kansas State took advantage of that. But, um, no, I mean, again, he's a great college quarterback, and we're going to find out how good he is next year yeah. when OSU can't complete a first down. But... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, overall uh, Kyle, I think OSU did. I think I think Mike did a bad job this year. I mean, to lose three games at home that you're favored in with this team, that yeah. quarterback, with that offense, the fact they, you know, I'm watching Tyree Kill. I'm watching Red Zone right now. Tyree Kill's one of the best players in the NFL, and he was a glorified return guy at OSU. I'm seeing the same things out of Tyron Johnson. Tyron Johnson was not even on the field most of the game. And he's one of your best offensive players. That's bad coaching. That's horrible coaching. And we're seeing it right now with Tyree Kill. He's one of the best players in the NFL, and they didn't even get him the football when he was in Stillwater. So is it all on Glenn Spencer? Absolutely not. Does OSU play like their hands are tied behind their back until they're down? Yes. Is that a Mike Gundy problem? Absolutely. That, that, that's the part that I don't understand. And part of me wonders, I was thinking about this today, I was walking into church today thinking about this, which is probably not great, but <laughs> why, like, is it is it because of Gundy's laid-back demeanor that they sort of roll out there in the first quarter and they're like, oh, we'll just, you know, toss it. Like, I, 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 I and Gundy even said this in his press conference. <clears throat> he doesn't understand why they start so slow at home. He's like, I, I, I don't get it. And, and I sort of, I don't really understand it either because they look like, 
you know, 2013 Florida State when they're down 21. I don't, I don't understand why you can't play like that from, from the, from the get go. And, and I don't know, I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if there is a reason. I don't know if it's just the way that the games are playing out. I don't know what the deal is, but it's very bizarre. And it's cost them. Uh, it cost them the TCU game. It cost them the Kansas State game. Uh, it cost them 10 wins this year. And, and that's disappointing. I wanted to ask you, I wrote this a little bit. I kind of uh, pontificated upon it, but was this, given everything involved, was it the worst loss of the Rudolph era? And then also, was it the worst loss of the Gundy era? Um, the worst loss of the Rudolph era, probably. I mean, what, what, are, my, what are my candidates here if you've pontificated on this? Yeah, he's got uh, at Baylor in 2014. Uh, 2015 was Baylor, OU, Ole Miss. 2016 was Central Michigan, Baylor, OU. And then this year, TCU, OU, Kansas State. Well, if you count Central Michigan as a loss, I think that was a horrible Central Michigan team. Now, did they win the game? Gundy argues that, but I, I still blame Gundy for them losing that game because he didn't know the rules. He ran, he ran a play, but he ran a play in which he didn't run a receiver, which will naturally draw a flag, and he didn't know what would happen if a flag was thrown. He literally didn't know the rule, and he's like, that's a loss. I would put that one up there. But I think with this one, it goes above 2014 or 2015. This is a different level of, t of talented on the team. Yeah. Like, when they lose a game when they're not as talented, that's not the worst loss. So I would put this one right up there. Because, again, what happens if TCU loses to Baylor next week? This that, immediately, that, that immediately would... becomes the worst loss of the Gundy era. Well, and, and that's my point, is because that's still up in the air, technically. I mean, is TCU going to lose? No, probably not. But it's still up in the air. And, and like, in college football, it's insane week to week. Anything can happen. And I just feel like the Big 12 at stake, you know, the Big 12 is up in the air. Big 12 is at stake. You're at home. You're a 20 and a half point favorite, a third string quarterback. A 10 win season is like your, is like your, is like your floor right now. I mean, in, in, in all year it has been. And you go out and you're down 42, 13 in the third quarter. That, that, I just feel like that's, that has to be the worst off loss of not only the Rudolph era, I think it's up there in the Gandhi era. I, I mean, people have said Troy, uh, Houston at home, OU in 2013 is probably up there. Iowa State, obviously. But none of those games did Oklahoma State, maybe Troy, but none of the other games did Oklahoma State just get their doors blown off in the first three quarters. I mean, it, it, was, just, it was kind of embarrassing given where Oklahoma State was coming into the season, what was still at stake, like we've been talking about, and, and the, way they, the way they performed uh, until the fourth quarter, it was just, I, I thought it was really, really bad. Well, I didn't like at all what, what Gundy had to say afterwards, where he said, top to bottom, talent-wise, we should, we should have won this game. What? What does that even, are you, are you throwing your coaches under the bus, your players, everybody? Like, I hated that comment. He said, talent-wise, we should have won this game. But then the other side is like, I don't know why we start so slow. It's like, well, yeah, you lost to a bad team. Of course you should win this game. <laughs> Everyone knows that, Mike. Yeah. And, again, a big problem with Mike Gundy and OSU is they play these non-conference games every year, and they look like world beaters. And they, Mike Gundy has a losing record in Big 12 openers. 
Because they play nobody in the non-conference, typically. I know they played Mississippi State and Florida State. But typically, they, they play – they're not ready to play Big 12 competition, and they're starting to believe their own hype. And that's what we saw against TCU. Like, they did not come ready to play against TCU, and TCU punched them in the face. And that set the tone for the whole season. They were behind the eight ball the entire season because they were not ready to play TCU, ultimately lost that game. Again, their defense – has a chance to get a stop, they run for a touchdown. Again, for me, for me, it's the defense. You can talk all you want about Mike Yursich and the offense and Mason Rudolph, but for me, they're not winning anything until they play a semblance of defense against good competition. Yeah, I mean, there are three losses, you could argue. I, I would say more so the TCU and OU were on the defense. I felt like you can't go nine drives without a touchdown against Kansas State. Nine drives without a touchdown? Can't, I mean, can't they make Kansas State look like Alabama? You also can't make a dude named Pringle look like James Washington on steroids either. Like that, <laughs> they were down thirty. Now, granted, I guess you could have scored forty on K State, but K State is—it's Bill Snyder. How many teams dropped fifty on Kansas State? Nobody. So again, I put it on. Yeah, but but the, their defense—the reason teams don't. K State's offense is horrible, Kyle. Stop. Their offense is garbage. Garbage. Their defense isn't much better, though. How many, Their defense is not much better. How much better. did Big Bad Baker Mayfield score against them? Uh, what they score? 40? 40, 42? That's Baker Mayfield. Best well, offense again, in the country. Special, special teams. Well, I mean. You don't, give up the kick, you don't give up the kick return and maybe you win. Well, let's be honest. They don't return that kick. They're scoring a touchdown the way that game was going. No, fake news. That's fake. Pringle news. is still open. Pringle's running around Stillwater right now, open. They they only scored five touchdowns. Only. Only. Oklahoma State faced the Oklahoma State faced fifteen Kansas State drives. They only scored a, on a third of them. So it's not like they were just scoring on every single possession. It gets. This thing, and, and, it, and the narrative becomes whatever we see on social media or just, like, whatever gets thrown out there. But the reality is that Oklahoma State's defense did, in my opinion, plenty for the offense to win that game. I, they did. I disagree. I, 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 really? They did enough against Skylar Thompson, a third-string Kansas State quarterback who was left for dead? I'm not saying it was a good performance. I'm just saying they did enough. That is laughable to me. So, basically, if OSU doesn't score 50, it's on the offense. They gave up 45 yeah. to Kansas State, 42 to Iowa State, and 62 against Oklahoma. Like, get out of here. I'm not talking about – I've already said OU and Iowa State were, were very poor performances. I'm, I'm talking about Kansas four, State. Four, I, I thought four I, against TCU. They got to score 45 or most or they're going to lose every game. I said, I said TCU is the worst performance of the year. That's I'm not saying the that the defense is – That's half the year. Oh. I'm not – we're not talking about the season. We're talking about Kansas State. You just listed six games in which they were garbage on defense. That's half the season. So they suck. I have already said the defense ha- – I, I, I agree. I agree with you. But I'm saying specifically in the Kansas State game, I thought they did enough for the offense to win the game. Well, you could say that again about every loss this season. 
Mason had the ball against OU. The defense did enough. They got the pick. They gave up 62. The defense did enough. They got the pick in the end zone against Texas. The offense scored 10 points. Like, this, this is a circular argument. Neither, neither of us is ever going to come around to the other side. And most people agree with you, so you're probably on the right side. I'm just saying, if you look at the numbers, Oklahoma State's defense did plenty for the offense to win the game against Kansas State. And the offense didn't get it done. Don't go nine drives without scoring a touchdown. That is that is Texas Tech stuff. That's Baylor stuff. You're the, you're, you're the number two offense in the – Kansas State coming into this game – on Saturday, their defense was worse than Oklahoma State. So if you're saying that Oklahoma State has this terrible defense, Kansas State's was statistically worse, and Oklahoma State couldn't score on them for nine drives? That is horrendous. Well, again, Mason Rudolph played like Landry Jones in 2011 Bedlam. I mean, you're not going to win throwing. I know. So, yeah. That, that's, what, game, that's what I'm saying. But, again, I'm sorry. You'll never convince me that giving up – 45 to a third-string quarterback from Kansas State is good enough to win the game. It's not. When, when you let a guy named Pringle pop in chips and run wide open, for looking like James Washington on a cycle, like, get out of here with that. That's horrible. And, again, we, we came into this – again, the offense to me, Kyle, was good enough to win the Big 12 all season. The defense no. was not. Say hi to my friend, Honey. This is, my, this is my buddy Jed's dog named Honey. And she thinks OSU's defense stinks. Yep. She says OSU's defense stinks. And she plays safety. Yep. She's <laughs> He's an OU fan. Needless to say. He doesn't like the uh, 1945 national championship. Oh, I love either. the 1945. <laughs> he loves it. He loves making fun of it. Does he, does he think Oklahoma State's defense stinks? Yes. Their defense yes. stinks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Are they better better or worse? He, he's a sane you? human being, so of course he thinks that their defense is fine. That's fine. I'm just I just I'm just giving you numbers. I'm just telling you they did enough to win the Kansas State game. Yeah, and they I mean, it goes back to my main point is Mike did a bad job. I mean they 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 should have lost the Texas game. Easily could have lost the Iowa State game. I mean, this team could have lost four or five games, Kyle. If that happened, you're ready to fire. I know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They they really could be like eight and four right now, or eight or seven and four, whatever whatever the numbers add up to. I don't know. I I do want to say we need to maybe take a couple questions and and get out of here. But I am not saying that the Oklahoma State defense has been good this year or great or whatever. I'm saying that we we're not looking at it in the way that we should, and and we're 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 letting wins and losses determine how we look at the defense. I'm saying in three or four games, they've been terrible. TCU, Iowa State, OU, awful. They were really bad. Maybe not as much OU, but definitely TCU and Iowa State. And I think that because of that, that like we said earlier, that Glenn Spencer should be up for an evaluation at the end of the year. I, I really do. So I, I don't want people to say, like, I'm defending the defense. I think Glenn Spencer is the best coordinator in the country. I don't think those things. I'm just looking – at specific games and determining whether or not the defense did enough for you to win the game. So well, I, I don't think they've been great. And I think that, I think that I, what I do think is I think, I think Oklahoma State probably is going to move on at, at the end of the year defensively. I, I really do. We've been talking about that a lot. I have no 
insight, insider info, anything like that. I just think that that's probably the thing that'll happen. You do? Yeah, I do. So you think they're going to promote uh, Joe Bob, the defensive line coach? Um, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think I think your take on going outside is a really good take and comparing it to, to 2010 when they brought Dana Holgerson in. I, I just it just feels like it just feels like that side of the ball needs a jolt, right? Like they just need a jolt of like, and I know Gundy values um, uh, consistency and like uniformity over time, but they just need something to, to inject a little bit of juice into that side of the. the well, and, and here's my other. Hey, get somebody has total defense and pass, get, get out of here with your total defense numbers. Those are fake numbers. <laughs> Don't give them. Well, to here's me. my other issue with like the defense is like, you know, Mike Gundy admits that he'll see a play on offense and they'll they'll take they'll take plays from other offenses around the country. Like, why don't they just copy what TCU is doing? Is it that hard? Is it that hard to just copy well, why does, schemes? That's my other. Well, and again, TCU does not TCU and OSU recruit the same level of recruit, yeah. and yet TCU is in the top five in the country in defense. It's not that. Please don't give me your defense numbers. I don't want them. Yeah, don't want them. Fair point. My buddy Jed says you could say the same thing about Oklahoma's defense. But again, I said it. It's no different than getting shut out as the offensive coordinator. When you give up f over 40 in the big, three biggest games of the year and you've not gotten any better in five years despite an added emphasis to recruiting, it's time to do something else. Like, it will probably be good for Glenn Spencer to get out of the Big 12. I mean, going against these offenses is it's, it's putting uh, Mike Stoops' cholesterol on, on high levels as well. So, again, go hire outside your family, outside your box, outside your world. Go hire the top – up-and-coming defensive coordinator. I don't know who that is, but it's OSU for so many years has invested in offense. They went out and got Larry Fedora when Mike Denny first got the job, one of the top offensive coordinators in the country. They went out and got Dana Holgerson, paid him big money. It's time to go pay big money and commit to defense, or else you're not winning anything. You're not winning nothing in the Big 12. You're just not. Or even, for that matter, forget about the playoff. It's that simple. It's incredible to me that Oklahoma State had the they had a top ten defense in 2013 and still couldn't win the Big 12. Well, that's on Gundy shriveling in Bedlam in 2013, zero <laughs> degrees. And again, it goes back to them not running their offense when they're up, when they're when things are great. They don't go for the jugular. They don't run their offense. It took them being down in 2013 in Bedlam. What happened? Chell, boom, 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 80 yards touchdown in like a minute. And it was too late, and they they had to run their deep. They had to run their their best defense ever. Let Blake Bell turn into the Bedlam superhero that he was, and march right down the field. I I don't want to relive that. <laughs> so somebody keeps coming in with somebody said uh, advanced advanced statistics are just uh, spin jobs. I, I, just because you don't understand them doesn't mean it's it's a spin job. Um, let's take a couple of. Questions. There's a lot of questions coming in. Um, somebody said, "How about this? Oklahoma State should be five and six uh, <laughs> with a national with the national championship caliber team." Oh come! On. Five and six is a little much. Now they could be eight and four. They could be seven and five. 
you could talk me into that. I mean, I, I was standing next to you at the Texas game. If Texas just hands the ball to Chris Warren, they win the game. Why they ran two passes, one of which was the pass yeah. Ellinger will throw in his entire life to Ramon Richard. Yeah. So uh, I don't think Ellinger did. Uh, five and six is a bit strong. Are Mason, uh, Washington, and Aitman going to play in the bowl? That's a valid question. Um, I mean, Kyle, how many fans are going to be at the Kansas game next week? How many fans are going to be at the Campion World Bowl against Syracuse? Less than there will be in Stillwater on Saturday. So I could see, again, James Washington, you know, small-town guy. I, I have a hard time seeing him sitting out, but he has been banged up, and he is kind of going after some records. But I could also see a, a joint decision by Rudolph and Washington. Like, look, we chose to come back for our senior year. It's time we get ready for the NFL. Like, we're playing in the Camping World Bowl against Virginia Tech. Like, what do you what do you want from us? Like, I I wouldn't begrudge them if they just went ahead and got ready for the NFL. Here's my take on that. I, somebody, I think somebody wrote about this. I, I think that you should be allowed to bring in next year's class early, like the high school kids. Bring, be able to like the NCAA should allow you to play Spencer Sanders in the bowl. <laughs> Stop it. Spencer Sanders needs to go to prom. What? He needs to be at prom dancing around. That's what he needs to be. He's gonna play. In the, I mean, if you enroll early, you play in the spring game anyway. It's two months early. Is he enrolling early? No, I don't think so. But if you, I mean, like Bobby, Bobby Reed, did, Bobby Reed was at the bowl whenever he at the Cotton Bowl when he enrolled. Yeah. Let him play in it. Yeah. That's silly. That's fake news. Before uh, before National Signing Day. Uh, um, let's see. Um, on the bright side, two freshman corners have gotten great experience this season, and Bundage is an assassin. Bundage, I think, just lives in the uh, neutral zone. <laughs> or the whatever it's called. The offsides area. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? No, I mean... A.J. Green and Rodarius had a tough day against Kansas State, and they're young. They'll get better. But for me, the overriding thing is Trey Flowers and Ramon Richards, the last half of the year, just did not perform, did not live up to the, you know, being the two best players, most experienced players on the defense. And secondary got lit. Well, and, and the irony is, you know, what do we hear all year, Carson? Play, play closer to the receivers. Play, play up on the receivers. Play – play a yard away from the receivers. And then they do that against Kansas State. And, you know, Chips McGee is is going for 170 and three touchdowns against yeah. them. So, yeah. not good. Feast or famine for sure. But, um, no, I mean, talk yeah. about a depressing end to the Rudolph-Washington era. Playing against yeah. Kansas against – again, how many fans are going to go to that game? 11 a.m. kick against Kansas, last game of the year with nothing to play for. It'll be, it'll be friends and family only um, for the most part. Other than, Kyle, I will say this. Second half, OSU's down by 29. There are still, like, thousands of fans in there, like, cheering for a third down stop. Like, that's a, that's a different level of fandom that I cannot comprehend. And I, I commend those people. That's awesome. They're orange to the bone, loyal and true, whatever – OSU axiom you want to use like I was blown away there were still people in the stands let alone like cheering for a third down stop they knew wasn't coming when they're down by 29 hey uh real quick I gotta go but what does Jed think about the Baker Mayfield crotch grab uh we had a long discussion what was your overriding take 
Uh, I wouldn't want my son doing it, but I don't care. Did you hear that? Yeah. Wouldn't want a son doing it, but he doesn't care. And my take is and like, he backs it up. and he backs it up. Um, my take on that is you're at midfield with your helmet off. You know, everyone's looking at you when you do this. If you want to do it between the lines with your helmet on, say whatever you want. Like unspeakable things get said during a college football game. <laughs> they cheap shotted him. They, they, they gave him the business and he gave it back. It's just, you can only do it in a certain way. I told Jed if, if, if Baker was smart, he would have got a football and just started shooting free throws on the sideline, just making fun of Kansas more. Like, how great would that have been? That would have been, been awesome. It's the first thing that he's done that I was like, eh, don't know if I can defend no, that. You, like you the can't. Like, you're the face. Of, he's the face of the University of Oklahoma. Like, you can't be grabbing your crotch and yeah. then saying the things he said. Like, you just – Like, the fire plant was – no, the fire plant was great. Like – other the, even the basketball thing was fantastic yeah. like that was so yeah, good right. and then he just he just went like he just like crossed the line and you're like uh what why are you doing that like you don't need to do that yeah and again i thought kansas started it with their nonsense of like if you want to like talk smack to baker mayfield and rough him up fine but like the coin toss it's understood the captain shake hands like what are you doing kansas like if i'm the kansas athletic director i'm calling the coach and I'm like dude you're one in nine you're as bad as Turner Gill, and you're pulling stunts like this? Who the hell do you think you are? They're claiming they're best. Yeah, like, get get out of here. Like, take your one win and get out. Like, if, if that's what we're going to stand for, and we're going to allow cheap shots and play dirty and not shake hands, like, at the coin toss. Like, if you want to shake hands after the game, I'm cool with that. Russell Westbrook never shake hands after games. I'm cool with that. But it, it's the freaking coin toss. Like, it's understood. Like, what do you what – Putting your hands behind your back. What are you? What are you proving, Kansas? I like the the four year old who was just just ice. <laughs> was he in on it? Did they tell him yeah. beforehand? Like we're not shaking hands with that guy. I think he was. The look on his face was like this guy didn't deserve the high. Not in our house. Not in not in <laughs> front of these. Grass. Not in this grass. Not in front of the five thousand Jayhawk fans. <laughs> Uh, okay, I gotta go. Uh, we will podcast on Tuesday, and that'll be our only podcast of the week because oh, it's Thanksgiving. On the podcast, so. man. All right, there you go. Send him, see if he's got any eligibility left. Call the clearinghouse. Um, good coverage skill. Okay, yeah, thanks for doing this, Carson. We will talk to you next All right, week. Man. See ya. See you.